It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the programme this evening, first up we visit the Silver Room in Newcastle West to meet co-owners Matthew and Vorchek who are celebrating five years in business. After the break, Deirdre Doyle tells us about founding the Cool Food School which aims to introduce children to healthy eating habits. And Hannah Noonan has a smoothie recipe for you at the end of the show. But before we hear from our guests, a reminder that you can make contact with me here at The Best Possible Taste by emailing me sharon at sharonnoonan.com or you can tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation, and I'm also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So many of you in West Limerick will be familiar with the fabulous Silver Room in Newcastle West. I was alerted to the opening of the restaurant five years ago when our resident wine guru, Ron Forrestal, told me about these two great fellas called Vorchek and Matthew, who originally came to Ireland to work in the Fitzgerald's Woodlands Hotel in Adair, but who were taking the leap into self-employment and opening a restaurant in Newcastle West. So before we hear the latest from them, let's have a reminder from five years ago. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Mache and Wojtek, thanks so much for having me here in the Silver Room in the heart of Newcastle West. A very exciting venture for both of you and your childhood friends. So I want to find out a bit more about the two of you. You're both from Poland. Uh, hello, how are you? My name is Maciej Patr. Uh, yes, uh, I'm from Poland. I came into Ireland in December uh, 2005. I started work in Woodlands House Hotel. Uh, I went through uh, different levels uh, during the last 11 years. So I was I started as a waiter. Uh, then I went through. Uh, I was promoted to the shift leader in the restaurant. Uh, then I was promoted to a position of the supervisor and uh, I end up as a head of department. I took over Timmy Max Bistro and I also, also was doing uh, duty manager shifts in the hotel. Wojtek, you both have a lot of experience. You bring a lot of hospitality experience with you and you both have won a few awards. Yes, uh, my name is Wojciech Płochic. Uh, I also come, come in from Poland uh, and the last 11 years I spent in Woodlands House Hotel uh, I also went through the different level uh, in uh, in the woodlands. Uh, I started as a waiter over 11 years ago, actually. Uh, and then the last position was uh, assistant bistro manager uh, in Timmy Max, Timmy Max Bistro. Uh, so uh, that will be a big ad- adventure for us. So we were really uh, proud. Uh, we're getting support from uh, many of our friends, uh, also uh, Mary Fitzgerald, who's so, she's so proud of us, so uh, hopefully everything will be uh, okay. It's great that you're getting so much support from the Fitzgerald family and also from the people in Newcastle West, because both, you both live in the town. Yes, that's true. Um, I own the six and a half year in Newcastle West. But I think match is uh, seven years, is it? Or yes, I'm living in Newcastle for the last eight years. Uh, and I would like to thank you 
for the opportunity uh, to work in Woodlands House Hotel for all the experience for uh, for everything what they did for us because it was uh, very important for me and I think at this stage we are uh, ready and well prepared to to start our own uh, business and hopefully it's gonna be successful and thank you for all the support to all the people for all the good words and uh, we didn't really expect it that uh, so many people can uh, can support us in the they're all coming in uh, here visiting us see how are we getting on and and that was very nice and i would like to thank you everybody for all the support now you, you are both polish but the menu is not a polish menu it's very much an irish inspired menu with lots of irish sourced ingredients exactly uh, we live in ireland um, the the menu has to be uh, prepared uh, for customers what they expect uh, to get the local uh, food so uh, ingredients all the products uh, that are sourced uh, here in ireland actually local suppliers is, as well I'm just looking now at the menu and some of the, the dishes that you have on it and there's a starter here that I think is going to appeal to a lot of people because it's kind of a tasting platter and everybody likes a bit of that. It's the Silver Room Tasting Board. Just talk us through what is on that, Maché. So yes, our uh, the Silver Room Tasting Board, uh, it's a, a sharing platter. The idea behind it was just to uh, give a taste a bit of taste of uh, everything so y you can uh, you can taste our uh, limerick ham you can taste turnafula black pudding uh, brian wilmot's uh, famous leek and uh, pork sausages and also cahill's cheese uh, uh, garlic and herb and porter cheese and all uh, served with homemade relish and uh, toasted brioche well, I have a husband now. I'm not sure if he'd want to share that with me or not. He might want to have it all for himself, but it sounds delicious. And then one that I probably would be definitely going for for a main course is the Silver Room Warm Seafood Platter. Seafood Platter, exactly. Uh, that's the focus customers, what they not eat too much meat. So the fish will be a nice option for it. And uh, there is uh, three types of fish uh, with mussels and uh, prawns as well. So that's the combination uh, from the uh, Atlantic. So there's a good mix on the menu of you have your beef, lamb, fish, chicken, Irish chicken, of course, and then vegetarian options. Yes, that's uh, that was the idea. So everyone can pick something for uh, themselves there is there is option for everybody we hope uh, you will enjoy it and everyone will find something on the menu and if they've room after all of that you have a lovely selection of desserts which are all homemade of course in restaurant you have to get uh, something nice to finish your meal i don't mean the wine only uh, so you might get something sweet but also with the wine you can get uh, bored with the cheese so i think that's a good idea also but I think the pièce de résistance for the desserts is the the homemade pancakes with all those different options of fillings. That was actually uh, our uh, chef uh, head chef idea. So uh, we agree. We said we try it. It's a, it's a something different, something something else. So we said we will try it, and 
hopefully it's going to be successful. And for somebody that's a parent of two small children, it's always nice to have the bit of a carrot for the dessert. If you eat up the dinner, you'll get a nice dessert. And my two are just mad for the crepes and the pancakes. So I'll have to have to bring them in and, and make sure that they eat a good dinner. The children's menu then, what way have you approached it? Is it a case of they can have like a smaller portion of the adult dishes? We have uh, selected uh, products for kids, so actually there's a separate menu for children. Uh, there's few starters on the but main course there'll be a few more dishes. Like uh, you can get uh, pasta with tomato sauce, you can get the burger. Uh, children also like the sausages, so they have to be on the menu also. Uh, proper chicken gusions as well. Uh, and then uh, we also might do like a uh, smaller portion of uh, roast special. Wojtek, you mentioned wine earlier on and you've been working with Ron Forrestal, who is well known to the listeners on the show here. And he's been collaborating with you to come up with an ideal wine list. Uh, I have to say and take opportunity to thank you to Ron for everything what he did for us. It was a real pleasure to, to work with him. He, Everything was done, like his service was absolutely great, I have to say. And, and thank you, Ron, for everything, especially uh, selected wines. I think, uh, again, everyone will find something for, for, for themselves. Yeah, I see a few of the favourites there, like the Hazy View, Shannon Blanc from South Africa, and of course the Ned from New Zealand. Hugely popular wines, which go well with most dishes, I find in my experience. And you'll be able to match those then to the dishes. Of course, we are, uh, the experience, our experience, uh, what we have, that will help to choose uh, good wine for the customers as well. Okay, so the perfect match there. Whenever it comes to opening a restaurant, everybody has their own vision and their own ideas as to what they want it to be. So in terms of customers coming in and guests coming in to dine here, what what are the three ingredients that you want for them? In my opinion, that's very, very easy. <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, they look in, the people, when they come into restaurant, they're looking for good and fresh food. So that's the first ingredient. Uh, another one that would be great service, which, uh, which we can provide. Uh, atmosphere and warm atmosphere and uh, I don't know maybe a good selection of wine which which is which we already discussed so um, people have to enjoy themselves they, they, they want to spend a nice time in restaurant uh, celebrate something or just uh, have a meal everyone will find something uh, for themselves uh, I think in our restaurant Okay, fantastic. Now, before we go, we must ask about the name, the Silver Room, because people will be wondering, how did you come up with the name? Uh, well, actually, it took, took us a while before we decided about the name. There were different options and long discussions, but like going forward, we decided to our interior design. We were going with the colors of like silver, white and black. So the next thing, the idea about the silver room, uh, we decided to go uh, with this. Like so, it's it's uh, that that's that's. It. There was no big s- story about it. Like, but but we decided to to go with the silver room restaurant. Well, it certainly is lovely and glitzy inside. The decor is lovely. The ambiance is very nice, even though it's just the three of us today. So I wish you all the best with it. Congratulations on your new adventure.
Thank you very much, Sharon, and thank you for a great opportunity and thank you for uh, visiting us and uh, we hope uh, to, to see you here uh, very soon. Thanks, Sharon, for coming in. Uh, I also would like to thank you, everyone, uh, all our friends and people who support us, also our families. They were all involved uh, to do uh, everything in here as well. I also would like to invite everyone to visit our uh, Facebook page. Uh, we'll be put through more, more uh, information and uh, shortly we will build up our website page as well. On that note, I think we'll finish off with a cheers to the Silver Room. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleite. So that was an interview with Matthew and Vorchek from five years ago. And I returned yesterday to talk to them both at the Silver Room. And we reflected on how quickly the word spread about the opening of the restaurant and the goodwill shown to them by the people in the area. And they both highlighted how great Ron Forrestal has been to them since they opened up and how much they appreciate his support and his wonderful customer service. So let's have a listen to our chat from yesterday. Vortec and Matthew, it's great to be back five years later. Can you believe it's five years since you opened the Silver Room? No, it's actually time fly, so uh, we're happy to be here five years later. Yeah, and congratulations, five years is a great milestone. And given that two of the five years were COVID, how has that affected the business? Uh, hello, uh, everybody. Hello, Sharon. And thank you for taking time uh, doing interview with us. Uh, we are delighted to be here after uh, five years. Uh, Especially last two years were extremely uh, difficult for not only for us, but I see for all the businesses. But uh, the most important thing is that we've survived. We went through the worst and uh, we uh, we hope there's a light in the tunnel now and everything seems to coming back to normal. So looking forward to another five years. <laughs> and we're here now on Valentine's Day and the, the restaurant is all set up for tonight. It's all couples tonight. Are people like caged animals busting to get out the door? Oh yes, uh, actually this weekend it's really busy. Not only Valentine's Day, uh, Saturday and Sunday, we had many couples as well. So people, um, they actually, I think they're ready to come back to restaurants. They're not afraid anymore. Um, we still have small restrictions. That's only for people what they want to uh, stick with the um, sanitize the hands or wear the mask, but they don't have to anymore actually. Um, we came out of it much quicker, I think, than we went into it, obviously, because coming up to Christmas, there were so many restrictions in place. And then all of a sudden, a few weeks after Christmas, it was like, yeah, it's fine now. Let's all get out there. So I think everybody's delighted about that, yeah. not only yourselves. And if we go back in time now, whenever you first opened, the restaurant was half the size that it is now. You've actually added a number of covers. How many covers was it originally? That's correct. Uh, at the beginning, we had four covers uh, when we start here uh, five years ago uh, we actually doubled the size of the restaurant at the moment and recently we've changed the layout and uh, we moved the bar to different section as well which is uh, more comfortable for customers and logistically for service it making huge difference as well so now we are happy with uh, with the layout and uh, and everything 
how it's set. So uh, it was a good good decision to, to do it. And, uh, and whenever we look at the menu then, the, the way the menu was five years ago and what it is now, has it evolved and changed much? Oh yes, uh, all the time. We actually, uh, at the start, we changed the menu two or three times a year. Now we do only twice a year because, um, you know, uh, there's nice variety of the dishes. So, And also we do the specials for the weekends, like this weekend uh, there will be uh, something for everyone. And what are the most popular dishes? Is it the meat and two veg? A nice hearty dinner, I'd say, it's very popular here with the people of Newcastle West. To be honest, everything is selling like there's, you know, it's, uh, it's it's really a quality on the on the menu. Everything is selling, and uh, if you ask me which dish I would took off the menu, I wouldn't be able to tell you because, to be honest, everything is selling equally, and uh, everything is nice, freshly cooked. So. And as soon as you do take a dish off the menu, you probably have a few people looking for it, then so you yes, have to put it course. back. <laughs> well, for me personally, one of the great additions is the cocktail menu. That's not something that you had at the start. Oh yes, actually, that's another benefit of the changing layout and um, rebuild the bar. It's slightly bigger now, which uh, we have a space to put uh, um, more alcohol. Uh, recently, we uh, allowed to sell all types of the alcohol, so the cocktails is part of this. Uh, which we're working with a uh, great man, world champion, uh, honestly, really good guy. Um, he uh, working with us, uh, cooperate with us, with uh, give us all the recipes, uh, training, and uh, spend lots of time to. Uh, so it says on the cocktail menu, our cocktail menu is specially selected, prepared, and developed by Ariel. Ariel Sonetsky. So he's in the Dare Manor. He's, yes, he's the world right. champion cocktail man yes. from Adair Manor, so we'd be very well known now in in West Limerick. And it sounds like you know him personally from are, a previous yeah. life, perhaps. <laughs> we are very lucky to know him, and uh, he, like, he was very helpful, and uh, we really appreciate all, all his help and the quality of the cocktails and the products we're using are top class, and that's all uh, all benefit to Ariel how he trained us and uh, what we can develop and we are very happy and we would like to thank him for this all his help as well we are very very lucky to, to have him on the site as a friend and, and it's, uh, it's great to hear about that collaboration because i think it is something that west limerick is very well known for people working with other people and helping each other out yes that's that's correct yes and, yes yeah, so that's uh, very important as well and before you opened the silver room you were both in the woodlands hotels the fitzgerald's woodlands hotel in a day that's true again uh, we were over 10 years uh, working for uh, the Fitzgerald's family uh, which we get uh, lots of experience uh, which is important in this industry uh, I would say and I'd say you get great training at the Woodlands yes yes I start work there in December 2005 and I was there for over 12 years and uh, it was uh, it was great for me. I learned a lot. I learned a lot from from all the Fitzgerald's family. So you know, I uh, it gave me a, a like great knowledge about kind of business and and uh, how to operate, how to deal with customers, how to be welcoming and you know warm for the, all the people. So I learned everything in Woodlands, to be honest. And I would like to thank them for the for that as well for for that opportunity and uh, I think whatever I could learn from them I took everything you know so it was great and I had great time as well and I 
I, 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 I'm happy that I used to work there. So. And I can see from this photograph on the wall that you obviously go back and support them, that you've had your Christmas party there. In oh, that was times. a great time when the Christmas party was allowed. <laughs> Before the COVID, that was the last <laughs> one. You can see in the picture all our team. Uh, we really enjoyed the Christmas party in uh, Woodlands House Hotel. <laughs> and whenever you started, how many of you were working here in the Silver Room and, and how many has it grown to? Uh, at the beginning it was actually two or three of us here on the floor and uh, one chef and one kitchen partner so but we had to verify plans very fast after a few days uh, like to be honest we didn't expect that it will get so busy so fast like we were very lucky because from day one since we opened the door we were we've got a lot of support from local community from people like we were extremely busy from day one which uh, which made which made everything easier, you know, and then we had to verify the plans. So at the moment, we uh, have 14 staff wow. altogether. That's a big so staff, that's a, isn't that's it? A big movement, big improvement, yes. And uh, and we have great team. We are very happy. Uh, they are all very good workers, and uh, we are very very happy. Well, two final questions for you. The first one being, when you reflect over the past five years, what lessons have you learned, and what has been really important in terms of ensuring the success of the business? We. You're learning something every day, so especially first year was very difficult and now we know we made few mistakes, business mistakes, but uh, we learned a lesson going forward and that was every, in relation to buying, uh, buying products, uh, supplying products. We made few mistakes, uh, smaller and bigger, but uh, everything, everything was rectified and everything was fixed. So I think we're learning something new every day. And, uh, and uh, I, I think at the moment, uh, everything is working good. Like, so hopefully, hopefully we are uh, on the good road. <laughs> and whenever you look then to the next five years, what's the vision for the Silver Room? If, we're, if we sit down again in five years' time, what great news stories will you have for me? Oh, we can't tell you everything because uh, <laughs> we have to keep a little bit of uh, surprise for our customers as well. So uh, if they will be keep uh, coming and looking at the, our menu, maybe our website or Facebook page, uh, follow us and um, actually uh, we have to um, uh, get the reward for Valentine's, uh, not Valentine's, uh, five years uh, uh, competition. Uh, so we probably will advert the, the winner for dinner for two people in the next couple of days. So I hope that will be uh, another great news for our uh, customers. So they've, they've still a bit of time to enter your Facebook competition then? Yes, yes. Uh. Okay, so go on to the Silver Room Facebook page and uh, enter that. Vortec and Matthew, so lovely to sit down with you again. Thanks so much for having me and continued success. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Sharon, and uh, thank you for uh, coming and visiting us. And hopefully we'll see you again in five years time. <laughs> You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break we were celebrating five years of the Silver Room in Newcastle West with owners Matthew and Vorchek. And if you're just tuning in now and you missed that, you might want to catch The Best Possible Taste 
on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now, are you a parent who has struggled with the feeding of your children? I certainly have been that soldier. And Deirdre Doyle is the founder of the Cool Food School and she has launched an online course to encourage healthy eating amongst preschool children. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Deirdre, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to me. And you have founded the Cool Food School. Tell us what that's all about. Hi Sharon, so lovely to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, so the Cool Food School is all about teaching kids about um, healthy eating, about how to eat. Um, so I am a mum first and foremost. I have three kids and um, I'm also retrained as a health coach and I have a background in the hotel and catering industry. Um, I trained in GMIT a long time ago, so <laughs> um, in the last century, let's shall we say. Um, so when I had my children, um, I suppose food was always a big thing for me, Sharon. And when I had my children, I started looking at um, what other people were feeding their kids, what was available out there to feed their kids. And I was like, why are people feeding their kids chicken nuggets and chips? And when you go to a restaurant or uh, you go into a supermarket, the children's options are chicken nuggets and chips or um, uh, like yogurts full of sugar. And the adults are eating all the lovely salads and getting loads of different choices and options. And I kind of thought there has to be a better way to go forward rather than this. And I started to uh, research it and um, talk to other parents and parents are terrified of feeding their children and terrified of, they want them so badly to eat a good diet that they're a bit terrified. I, I, I think I find them that they're a bit terrified. They're like, oh my God, how can I get them to eat more vegetables? How can I get them to eat this? How can I get them to eat that? So I, I and also I saw a complete disconnect between um, uh, what children were learning about food um, which was basically that everything comes from a supermarket um, and where actually where food actually comes from so I set out to educate children about food and I thought that's great I'll go in now and everybody will sit down and listen to me and I'll teach them all about food and they'll all know everything and it'll be great but as we all know that doesn't is not the way it works with kids so I started out with preschool kids, um, Sharon, because firstly, the, um, eating habits are developed at that very young age. So from kind of two onwards, like even before that, but it's very hard to teach them much before that. So teaching them, uh, starting them at that very young age is really, really key. Um, and also because there was no other kind of form of food education I found uh, for children at that age. So. I developed these workshops that were interactive and fun. So I, I, I realized that fun was very important, a very important element to have when uh, you're dealing with children. Um, and they're about play, but they're about play around food. So they're about things like, um, so I'll bring in, in tomatoes to uh, a classroom and I'll go to the kids tell me what a tomato looks like and they'll go oh it's red and I'll pull out I'll have a basket covered over and I'll pull out a pepper and they're like I'm like here it is this is a, a, a tomato and they're like no that's not a tomato that's a and I'm like well what is it if it's not a tomato 
it's a pepper. I'm like, okay, but you said a tomato was red. And they're like, no, no, it's red and round. So then I'll pull out a red apple. And they're like, no, that's not a tomato. And then I'm like, well, tell me more about a tomato. And then they'll say maybe the top of it is green. So I'll go into my basket and I'll pull out maybe some yellow tomatoes. And they're like, a lot of times I get for yellow tomatoes, it could be um, an egg or a grape, or they're not quite sure what it is. And then I might pull out a green tomato and they might think that's an apple or they don't know what it is. And eventually I'll pull out the red tomato. But the whole idea is to get them thinking that actually tomatoes are not all the same color and shape, that there's lots of diversity in it. And they, they get really engaged in it like, oh my goodness, you're so silly. That's not a tomato. And then, and then we talk about um, the inside. Let's explore the inside of the tomato. So we'll cut it open and I'll go, what color do you think it is inside? And they're like, oh, you know, it's yellow or it's blue or it's pink. And we, we could spend 10 minutes opening up different shapes and sizes of tomatoes to see what the color of them is inside. And they get so excited about that and it, they're so engaged with it. And then, um, and then they might squash them or spit them or lick them. So it's not about getting them to sit down and eat a whole load of tomatoes. It's about getting them to explore the tomatoes. Um, it's about getting them to smell them, have a look inside. Does a red tomato look different on the inside than a yellow tomato? These are all ways of engaging the children in the food, exposing them to the food. Exposure to food is one of the key strategies in getting children to eat um, new foods. So through the workshops, that's what I'm doing all the time as, I, as I'm exposing them to the food, um, but in a fun, non-threatening way and in a way that they engage with and that they want to engage, they want to be touching and feeling and smelling the food. So let me ask you a question then. The baby is born and the baby takes its bottle and then you start introducing the solids, whatever they might be, whatever's recommended at the time. And there, it's, it's quite rare that they won't eat something that you give to them. So at what stage in their life do they start taking this and start being very opinionated that they don't want to eat something or they don't like something. You yeah. know, the pureed carrots are fine at the start. Maybe the raw carrots are fine. But now they look at them and say, no, I don't like carrots. I don't like broccoli. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. And I think that's when the parents go down the chicken nuggets and chips route and the plain pasta route because we just want to get food into them. We don't, we don't want them to be hungry. No. So what's your advice whenever it comes to a situation like that? Yeah, so there's a lot of things going on there, Sharon, and that's a great question. So <clears throat> number one, uh, if you look at the rate of development of a child between zero and one, they grow from this tiny little baby that could be six pounds to, I can't remember the <laughs> size of a child at one but like one they're standing up they could be walking they could be crawling so if you think look at that that um amount of development and the energy it's taken to get that child from baby baby up to that size and again from one to two is the big jump from two to three not so much so the energy required um starts to reduce as the child actually gets older so parents don't really realize that because they think that the child should be eating more when in fact they need actually less energy to, to grow. So that's one thing. So, um, so they actually don't need as much food as they used to. Another thing is when they're about 18 months to two years, they start to take a little bit of control over their environment. 
Um, so, and food is one of the things that they can control. So there's a lot of things that they can't control. Like they can't really control what they wear. They can't really control where they're going. Like they can't say, eh, I don't want to go to play school or I don't want to go to crash or I don't want to stay in the house. They can't really do that. They can't <coughs> control maybe, you know, if they're going to granny's for dinner or whatever. But what they can control is what they actually put into their mouth. And they start to realize that and they start going, oh, well, actually, no. No, I'm not going to do everything you tell me to do anymore. Um, and that's when they start to uh, reject foods. So it's a very, very common stage of development. And I think what happens sometimes is that parents don't realize that, as I didn't at the time until I know that now, but I didn't when my kids were younger. And they start to kind of go panic a little bit. And then they go down the chicken nuggets and chips route because they do want their kids to eat. And they, they want their kids to eat food, obviously, to, you know, to grow and thrive. But they don't realize that, A, they don't need as much food as they used to. And B, this is a normal developmental phase. And see that the child is just starting to express themselves and um, uh, take some control over their environment. And that is um, some of the reasons why it all starts around that age. And that's why I, I work with kids that are kind of quite young. I don't know if that all makes sense. Absolutely. But then it is a lot of the work has to be done with the parents, really, because what you're saying there is the parents are getting it wrong through no fault of their own, having their children's best intentions at heart. So this new online course that you're doing is very much aimed at the parent and the child. So just tell us a bit about it. Yeah, so I tell you, yeah, I take your point, Sharon, and, and like a lot of people said to me when I was setting up the business, why are you, why are you talking to the kids and why are you not talking to the parents? I'm not, and my feeling was that there are lots of other people out there talking to parents. There's very few people talking to the kids at that age. So my goal is for children to come home from preschool or whatever, or from doing my course and um, say to their mom, oh, please, can you buy some tomatoes so that we can taste them? So I would give children homework all the time. I would say to them, like, the next time you go to the supermarket, um, go and find five different types of tomatoes or go and find out the names of all the lettuces in the, um, in the fruit and veg section. So they're bringing that, all that learning home. Um, and I always, in, I always have um, uh, uh, worksheets and stuff uh, that the kids can do at home and, and tips sheets for the parents because I absolutely know that it, at home is, is key as well. Um, so when, so I was going into preschools and doing these workshops in the preschools and they were really, uh, the kids loved them. And then the pandemic hit and obviously I couldn't go into preschools anymore. So I decided I would record the, the workshops. So by recording them, we were able to take them to another level. We've added some animation in, we've added in, um, lots more silliness and, <laughs> I'm basically an entertainer with food for children. So I'm like a food clown, really. The videos are, so at the moment we have six videos that are um, about between 20 and 25 minutes uh, long. There's loads and loads of pauses in the video so parents can stop and pause and do the activity or get the stuff that they need for the next part. Um, they're all based more or less on one vegetable because I've really focused in on vegetables because that's where children have the biggest issue in my experience is, is on eating new vegetables, eating vegetables at all. Um, so, um, and then we do lots of little fun activities throughout the course of the video. 
Um, I have little characters that are part of my brand. I have Farmer Joe who has a banana phone who pops up all the time. Um, I talk to the camera. Actually, I got feedback from a couple of parents saying that their kids were so engrossed in it that they were answering back, answering me back. And that's what I want. So I've left pauses for the kids to answer. And obviously I can't hear, but I've imagined their answers in some instances and um, replied to them. And then along with that, along with the videos, there comes a resource box, um, Sharon, that has a lot of the things in it that the parents will need to, uh, to do the workshops. Because my idea is that I don't want it to be hard for parents. I want it to be as easy for parents as possible. I don't want parents to be going, oh my God, I don't have the time for this. It's so hard. Um, so the resource box gets sent out and in it you have 60% of what you need. The only things that you really need to eat, add are some fresh foods. So the fresh foods are very basic stuff. It would be things that you find you probably could possibly have already in your cupboard. So carrots, like we do a whole workshop about carrots. We do a whole workshop about lettuce. So I do ask the parents to go out and find maybe three different lettuce, but if you can't find it, you don't, that's, that's fine. You can still do the workshop. Um, mushrooms, just whatever mushrooms you can find. Um, so it's all really basic food. I'm not asking parents to go out and find um, like diff difficult ingredients or anything like that. It's all very um, normal household stuff. And um, so that's all the parents have to bring uh, with them. They just need a screen and the resource box and their child. And you also include in the box a couple of little gadgets for the children. Yeah, so the I, I, um, I distributed a safe knife and peeler that comes from Australia that I've been selling since 2018 and parents love them, kids love them. I bring them into my workshops in schools and the kids, they're just like waiting for me to bring them out. They love them. And it really empowers them um, to get uh, cooking in the kitchen. To it, it helps them, they can peel and chop veggies and like I talk about this all the time, when you get children involved in, in food and get them cooking, they are so much more likely to actually eat what they've made themselves, even if they only taste it. But again, it's that exposure, it's that repeated exposure over and over and over and over again. And I know it's hard for parents. I know it's hard to, you know, repeatedly give Johnny a carrot and, you know, knowing full well that he's not going to eat it. But one day he will. One day he will. Yeah, it sounds like me in the lunchbox and the piece of fruit that goes in on a Monday and it comes home on a Monday and then it goes back on a Tuesday, it comes back on a Tuesday and on and on the week goes because, you know, we're all doing our best, obviously. Yeah. But this is another great tool to have in the, in, the, in the pocket to use, so to speak. Yeah. So if people want to find out more, where is the best place for them to go to to find out more? Yeah, so they can go on to my website, www.thecoolfoodschool.ie. The Cool Food School, I know it's quite a mouthful, .ie. Um, or they can follow me on social media. I'm uh, quite active on Instagram at The Cool Food School. And can we expect a cookbook from you in uh, the, the coming months or years, Deirdre? There, there is a cookbook coming in May, Sharon, yes. Very exciting. Um, I've worked with O'Brien's Press on a kid's cookbook and I've tried to make it fun and interesting for kids as well because kids love food. I've just been teaching 140 kids um, about food and they just love it. They love everything to do with it. Even though we sometimes think that they, that, you know, all they want is chicken nuggets and chips, but they love 
being around food and working with food. And these are all the first steps towards them accepting that food. So, um, so getting them engaged in cooking through a fun cookbook, um, I think is, is hopefully will be great. Well, congratulations on that. We look forward to talking to you about that whenever it is out in the market. In the meantime, the best of luck with the, the online food fund for preschoolers, a great initiative, which I'm sure lots of parents will find very, very useful. Thank you so much, Sharon. Just a quick um, thing. I am running an early bird discount. Um, if anybody wants to get 20 euros off the course, um, it's the code is early bird. You'll see it. It's on my website anyway. And um, that's up until the end of February. But if somebody's listening to this and they've missed the discount code, just message me and say that they heard um, they heard it on the podcast and I will extend a discount code to them. Brilliant. Thanks again, Deirdre. Yeah. No problem. Thank you so much, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, I was talking to Deirdre Doyle, founder of The Cool Food School. And earlier on in the show, we celebrated five years of The Silver Room in Newcastle West. If you're just tuning in now and you've missed any of that, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now our last segment this week is a recipe compliments of my 10 year old daughter Hannah Noonan who was off school last Friday and she made great use of the day off and showed me how to make her favourite smoothie. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Hello, Hannah. Hello. Thanks a million for coming on to the show today. You're off for the day from school, so we need lots of activities together. <laughs> so you're, we're going to start the day with a really healthy breakfast. Tell me what you're making. We are going to be making a banana and raspberry smoothie. I know it doesn't sound like the best combination, but personally, I think it's a step up from strawberries and bananas. Okay, a step up from strawberries and bananas. Tell me what you put into your smoothie. So I'd say for one portion, we'd put in one banana and a handful of raspberries and a little bit of milk and ice if you want, but that's optional and it's your choice. So you can also use fresh raspberries or um, frozen raspberries but we're using frozen raspberries and we've put them into the microwave to defrost them a bit. Very handy to have a packet of them in the freezer isn't it? Yeah, very handy. So what's the first thing you need to do? First thing you need to do is wash your hands. Okay, let's do it. by pushing a banana into our blender. Okay, so tell me about this blender. Now, this is a Breville smoothie maker, but if you do not have a smoothie maker, you can also just use a normal blender. Well, blenders are actually very, very similar to smoothie makers. They might not have removable blades, but they're all very 
the same. They can do the same they thing can with do the, the same, same thing. They're multifunctional yeah. are they're, the blenders. Okay. They're multifunctional. But this is a specific smoothie blender. It's called yeah. Blend Active, Active, I think, by Breville. Yeah. And it has like the container. It's yeah. like the cup and everything that you put the like, bits into. Whenever you're putting your ingredients in, you pop on a cap that has the blade on it. Then you pop it into the um, blend, the thing that spins it around. Then whenever it's done, you just take it out, take off the blend, the blade's lid, and then you can just put on a lid that came with it. And you could just drink out of the cup you used to blend it. Okay, fantastic. So you okay. put the banana in first. So one banana is for one portion. So obviously and you peel the banana. Yeah, you obviously don't put the you peel, peel the banana. And then and you kind of break it up into small little bits. Or into chunks. Into little chunks. Okay. Because if you don't have, um, if you just pop it in there, it's not going to blend properly, and you're going to have a very very chunky smoothie. Okay. Next up, then we're putting in the, the raspberries. I do not want to make a mess. <laughs> So now you have the banana and the raspberries in the mm. container. What's next? Next thing you're going to add is a little bit of milk. And I notice you put the the hard ingredient, so to speak, in first and then the liquid, which is such a good idea because if you put the liquid in first, then everything can make it splash yes. whenever you drop the stuff in. So only a little bit of milk now. And that, that depends how yeah, thick depends you want it. how thick you want it. And if you actually want to add in a bit of ice cream, because you have a sweet tooth like me, you can do that. And I actually like to make it with natural yoghurt, but I yeah. know you prefer the milk. Mm-hmm. So now you're putting the top on, and this is the a special top, top with, with the blades, okay. Make, Make sure, sure it's nice and tight so it cannot leak. Of course. if it leaks, you're going to look very messy. Absolutely. My so kitchen will be very messy too. Secure it in to the blender and then just press blend. <laughs> So you giving it a bit of a shake there. Why was that? Because there's, there's still a banana bit. Oh, right. Okay, there. so that's great that you can take it off and then give it a shake. Yeah. Oops. So then whenever it's nice and blended, you can take off your blending cap there. Give it a nice smell. Oh, it smells mm. yummy. Yes, it smells very yummy. And you're going to pour a little bit out. Pour a bit out for you. That's loads, thank you very much indeed. And you're having it out of this bit, so you're of the original thing. Putting the lid on. Put the lid on, and then it has a cap and everything on it. Okay, cheers, Hannah. Mm. Mmm. Yummy. Thanks for making that now. You're welcome. Very good, nutritious breakfast. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. And that brings us to the end of the programme tonight. Thanks for listening and to my guests, Matthew and Vorchek in the Silver Room, 
Deirdre Doyle and Hannah Noonan. I'll be back next week, so until then, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit.